What's up, guys? Hey, what's up? All right, well, let's get started. Um, got a bunch of good questions to talk about today. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything real pressing. Uh, one thing I want to talk about a little bit is is relationships. Um, defining open relationships, poly relationships, slinger lifestyle relationships. Um, when I was speaking at the conference last weekend or last week in Vegas, um, there are some really good good talks. And one thing you'll find from almost everyone that you know either teaches this stuff or has a lot of experience, um, you know, when it comes to dating and relationships, is they don't necessarily so almost. I mean, pretty much zero percent of them follow a normal monogamous type of relationship. Um, some of them at the end of the day, when they're much older, end up in normal monogamous relationships. Um, but they do that by choice after experimenting with a ton of other sort of relationships that are out there. Um, and the one thing that all relationships have in common, if you talk to all sorts of specialists out there and probably most therapists, not that I am one, but from the ones I've heard, they say, you know, what is the most important thing in a relationship? Anyone have any idea? I'm going to throw it out there. It's one word. Communication. Communication. Exactly. Which leads to trust, Joel. Um, so communication is so important because we're human beings and what we naturally do is we start developing some sort of thinking that may be uh, helpful or hurtful to the relationship. And if the other person doesn't know what our thinking is and it becomes hurtful, then it's just a matter of time before that relationship falls apart. Um, whether it's communicating how we feel, communicating the truth of what we're doing. Um, you know, when there's a breakdown in communication, that relationship is not going to last very long. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different methods of communication. Some people are huge fans of brutal honesty, um, which can which can be kind of dangerous because then you're you're saying a lot of things that might end be hurtful um, with no upside. Like if for whatever reason, uh, you know, I'm dating girl and you know I don't like her shoes, and you know it doesn't actually matter to me, but I say like, you know, those shoes are gross. And now she gets in a bad mood. Now she's question, second guessing her shoes about going out. Now she's making me late because she's slightly hurt that I told her she didn't like the shoes. And there's all this, basically this noise going on beneath the surface uh, where people aren't working together. And there's no, like, the, and there's pretty much zero upside for me to tell her that I didn't like her shoes unless she asked me, right? Are the shoes going to change my night? Probably not. Uh, unless she's wearing like stiletto stripper heels and we're going to a family dinner. Not the best, you know, not the not the best example, but you guys get the point. Um, so there's brutal honesty. Then there's some people who, you know, they don't want to really, you know, say anything in terms of communication-wise, so they usually just say nothing and lie, right? They avoid communication and they just lie. Um, I've certainly been guilty of that in the past, you know, in my less mature, younger years. Just, you know, well, I, you know, I didn't want to be in a monogamous relationship, so I'll just say I'm in one and then cheat. Um, you know, eventually you usually get caught and that's no fun. That leads to a lot of drama. Um, 
And one of the speakers said something really interesting at, at the conference. He said, in terms of what to share with your partner, um, he said, if it's something that is going on in your head and it's important enough that is that you've spent a significant amount of time thinking about it, then it's something that needs to be shared. Um, and I forget the the way uh, he described it, you know, in terms of the the actual definition. I'll I'll try to find it, maybe post it in the notes for the call. Um, but it was, you know, it was openness, sharing your mind, right? Having being open enough to share what's on your mind. So let's say, you know, I'm in a, some sort of open relationship. And we have an agreement where, you know, we're allowed to go out and date other people, sleep with other people. Uh, and, and, you know, let's say I do that. And let's say I'm just feeling weird about it. And I'm feeling really guilty about it. And it's like, I just, it's in my space. So that would be a, a, a time where I would want to share about that. You know, even if we had an agreement where we didn't talk about it unless we needed to. Well, let's say another example, same situation. I go out, I sleep with someone, but I don't feel any sort of, you know, it, it doesn't bother me. There's nothing really in my space about it. And we don't have any sort of agreement saying we have to talk about it. Then there's no reason to share that, right? Because um, obviously in that situation, you know, sharing the nitty gritty of being with someone else can lead to jealousy and can lead to drama. Um, and I was thinking like, how does this, you know, how does the same sort of open communication, um, you know, could you use the same model in other relationships? And I think the answer is yes. I think, you know, your the relationship with your partner, you know, your intimate relationship with someone you're sleeping with is by far and away way harder to navigate than pretty much any other relationship you have in your life. Um, just because once you move sex from the equation, there's not a whole lot of jealousy things that go on, right? There's lying, cheating, stealing, you know, from a business standpoint or friends, but like, you know, hopefully you know, you find people where that, where that's not the case. And as long as you kind of share anything that's important, anything going on in your head, that's creating some sort of disconnect from your partner or your friend or whoever it is on the other side of that relationship. I feel like that's the best model I've ever heard uh, in terms of how to communicate. So if it's, if it's something that's important to you and that's if it's good or bad, right? Like if something awesome happened, um, and you spend a lot of time thinking about it and it's, you know, a great thing in your life and you don't share that with someone, they're probably going to feel a little bit hurt if they find out through other means, right? Like if, you know, if, if you get, if you win like a sizable amount of money in Vegas, right. And it's like your best friend that you've played poker with, um, you know, and you won like a small world series event. And he finds out through other means that you won the World Series and like you guys have this relationship of being poker buddies and you didn't like call to tell him that, he'd probably feel kind of shitty about that. So it's not just bad things, it's good things too. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, let me open it up to questions real quick. Do you guys have any thoughts, feelings, questions on that? Um, I think certain things aren't, aren't good to share with girls. Girls, um, Girls are really good at keeping track of lists of things they didn't like about you, in my experience. Um, especially, I, I don't know. I just I just think uh, girls keep lists, and it's dangerous to just, you know, if something's on your mind, 
I think I think uh, to save the relationship, it might be better to talk to the guys about it. Make sure, you know what I mean? If it's something that could potentially hurt her. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're talking about different stages of relationships, right? So I guess I should define that. Um, I mean, it's kind of self-defined in the sense where if, Joel, if you and I, like, or let's say you start dating a girl, right? And you slept with her twice, then you see her, you know, you've only, you've only hung out with her twice. Like, you shouldn't feel any sort of, like, guilt or weirdness that maybe you also went out another date right? Because you guys right. haven't had that conversation, right? So it's important right. So it's important to kind of to understand like what you should and shouldn't or how you should or shouldn't feel about certain situations. And that's when it's helpful to talk to someone else that has had experience, you know, with what you just did and get their opinion on it first, right? Like if I speak right. with a girl and then the next day I go on another date and I call her like, hey, I know this is really weird. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I slept with you last night and I'm going out on another date. Like, that's not information that she should be. You have no. Uh, what's the word? Like, she, she doesn't need to know that. Right. Like, you don't you haven't built that relationship where she should be privy to that information. And if, if you're feeling really weird about that, then you probably need to work with a dating coach and and understand how how most people kind of deal with those situations, right? Um, and yet there is also a world where you could have that conversation after the first time you sleep with a girl. You could say, and this is the example he gave, um, and typically I like to say, you know, show them with your actions how you would like that relationship to go. Um, but depending on how long you're in town or where you're from, and if she's a local or not, you can have a conversation right after you sleep with a girl. You can be like, Hey, so I know this is kind of early to broach this topic. Um, but you probably could imagine based on our interactions, like I'm just not the monogamous type. Um, I believe in open relationships. I believe in direct, honest communication. And I think you're fucking awesome, which is why I'm having this talk with you. I'm having this talk with you because I want to see you again. And we had an awesome night and that was fucking hot. And I'd like to do more of that. But I just want you to, to let you know that I'm not the boyfriend type, um, at least not in the traditional sense. And I don't know if you're looking for that, uh, but I want to let you know that, like, I, I'm just telling you that because if you are, I don't want you to essentially, like, waste your time trying to mold me into that because it's not who I am. Well, who I am is the type of guy who wants to do a lot of fun stuff, crazy travels, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I want to fit you into that and I want you, and I want to do fucking awesome stuff with you. And that's something I felt like I needed to say, you could have that conversation and you'll get one of three responses. You'll get a girl saying like, Oh, totally. Like you didn't even need to say that. Like I'm on the same page. Definitely not looking for a relationship right now. I like you too. Let's keep having fun. Um, you'll get the other response, which is like, Oh, well, yeah, actually I was kind of looking for something serious. Um, so yeah, sorry, right? You'll get that. Or you'll get something in between, right? Where she's like, oh, well, I've never really done an open relationship before. Like, what? how, how do you do that? Uh, I don't understand how that works. Does, does that, like, does that mean we're, like, polyamorous? Like, you know, girls will want to, they'll, they'll ask you to define it. And here's the funny thing, right? 
if you study open relationships, poly relationships, swinger lifestyle relationships, like everyone's always trying to, to define these things. However, defining them is when it gets you in trouble, right? Because once she sees you as a swinger or you label her as poly or open, now like now you're kind of in this box. So it's best to understand what these labels are, but then don't ever pigeonhole yourself because ideally you want to create the exact type of relationship that, that you want. And you can do that. You can find women that are totally in line with that and who are on the same page and you can go out and create that exact relationship. Um, you know, whether that's a marriage or just a boyfriend, girlfriend thing, or just an open thing, you see her whenever you're in town, which may be only two or three times a year sort of thing, you can create that. Um, and the way to do that, and from what everything I've learned up until this point, and I've done every sort of fucking relationship you could do. I've done open, poly, swinging, uh, monogamous. Um, you know, it's funny that everyone just kind of does the monogamous thing because that's just what normal society kind of expects you to do. But obviously that's, you know, as you get more and more skilled, you find that you like other options and you don't necessarily want to pigeonhole yourself in that one either. That clear that up a little bit, Joel. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, any other questions on that? But let me ask you this: Who here would feel like that's like really bad or uncomfortable, or like they couldn't picture themselves setting that up, and why? I, I, I would probably. Uh, Go ahead, critique. I was going to say I, I'd probably object to it. I mean, I, I've never been in anything like that, but it it does seem problematic to me intuitively. Would you object it on the base that uh, you don't want it, or that you wouldn't want to deal with the negative consequences associated with trying to set it up? Uh, both, I think. Well, if you don't want it, then you don't want it. There's nothing to discuss, right? But if there is part of you that does want it and you're not going after it because you don't know how to get it, then that's worthy of a conversation. Just like anything, um, you know, it's, it's something you have to practice. I've fumbled that conversation and, you know, tried to create the relationship I've wanted and failed many, many times. So the, the better you get at it and the more you kind of walk your walk, the easier it becomes to the point where you don't even have to have that conversation eventually. Any other thoughts on that matter? Can I, um, can I share like a personal story that's related yeah, to great. that? Please do. Cause, um, like, I might have come across like sounding like, oh yeah, you know, I've I have no issues with jealousy at all, but like it's not the case. Um like in the beginning I used to be um extremely jealous, you know, so I understand that completely, but there was like I don't know. There was something intellectual that like didn't seem to um agree with that value, like how I like emotionally felt about it. Because I always figured that, like, if you ever find a connection between someone at any time, like, it's such a cool, awesome thing that, like, I'd never want to, like, take that away from anyone and, like, vice versa all around. 
you know? But like one thing that I practiced with one of my girlfriends, um, like my first open relationship and I've, I've only really had like, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, we had this agreement and I don't, I really don't know why we made this agreement, but if she was going to sleep with somebody else, like we agreed that she'd call me and tell me and like vice versa. And actually it was extremely hard on me. And I mean, yeah, one reason was because thing. like I wasn't getting, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it's, it that'd be really hard because now you're sitting there like just, completely dwelling on the fact that she's with another dude, bringing out all your insecurities and jealousies and like, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's the worst news ever. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was painful, but I also feel like um, I'm closer emotionally to like my intellectual ideal of it now. Like I still get jealous, but I feel like having gone through that helped me to just kind of chill out about it. Right. Have you ever been in a group sex situation where you've watched your girlfriend get fucked? Um, yeah, not fucked exactly, but sexually handled. Okay. Um, well, th in terms of dealing with jealousy, um, I recommend that if you want to do the open thing and you want to transcend jealousy, that's a great way to desensitize yourself. Um, you know, for me anyways, when the first time that happened, I was definitely like a little bit worried about it. And it, it ended up being a great experience, which I was like, oh, wow, no big deal. That was actually hot. That was cool. Um, and then from there on after, it was, well, it's definitely way easier to deal with it when I was like either in the room or in the same house, um, you know, obviously tougher to deal with it when you're not there uh, because of other insecurities about, you know, well, maybe she'll leave me for this guy, sort of those things come up too. Um, but it's definitely a good way to kind of ease into it if anyone's interested in, in that. And there's a lot of relationships out there where either, you know, I've seen relationships work where either the man, it does the open thing and the woman is monogamous and vice versa. The man is monogamous. The woman is open. Um, you know, sometimes there's guys out there that just like to see their girls get fucked. And that's what turns them on, right? Everyone has their different sort of kink, uh, for lack of a better word, and, and they like to see that played out. So, you know, the, my point of this, uh, this topic today is you can create whatever you want, the most important thing to do is find a partner who you can communicate with um, and talk about what you want, what you'd like to create, uh, be open about it, someone who's willing to share their feelings. The most important thing, like I said earlier, is that if, some, if, if negative feelings come up that are in her, your space or her space and they're not, and they're not broached, right? If, if we don't talk about them, then they start to eat away at the relationship whatever they may be, however stupid and silly they may be. So that's, that's the number one thing. And, you know, sometimes those feelings will come up pretty early. And if, and if you're the type of person who likes to, you know, be really like upfront about what they want, uh, like today, for example, the lady who checks me in for my, uh, when I go play ice hockey during the middle of the week, 
Um, she knows I'm a dating coach and for whatever reason, she feels comfortable like talking to me about her relationships. Um, so today she was like, you know, it was really weird when I, when I met my now husband of 12 years on the first date, I was like, Hey, uh, by the way, my biological clock's ticking. So just so you know, we can, you know, do whatever the fuck you want. But within six months, if I don't have a ring on my finger, I'm fucking out. And within three months they were engaged and now they have kids and they've been together for 12 years. So you could, I mean, that's, that sounds crazy. Right. And his reaction was like, whoa, that you're kind of crazy. Like, this is like the first date, um, you know, but <laughs> if it's a match, it's a match. Right. I'm not advising to anyone to go say that <laughs> or for women to say that. But if you're really steadfast in what you want, you can go out and you can get it. Right. Um, and the more you can communicate about that, the better. So. Let's see what else we have today to talk about. 